Yeah, I think I, I, I looked on one of your very early posts. I think it might be in your first post yeah. on your Instagram channel where you said, you know, I'd, I'd lost two stone in two months yeah. whilst eating 3,000 calories Yeah, a day. it was absolutely crazy. I'd order takeaways and I'd be having the most calorific meals um, and I was losing two pounds a day. Um, it was, that was the big thing. That it, it is hard to see that something's wrong with you. One of the hardest things about being told you have a chronic illness is not necessarily what the illness is, but overcoming the mentality and the difficulty with which you suddenly see yourself. And as Millie says there, accepting that you're not well is hard. Today we're talking to Millie. She's a personal trainer in training, a gym enthusiast, and someone who happens to have type 1 diabetes. This is The Chronically Fit Show. My name is David Savage, and this is the podcast where we speak to those members of the chronic illness community who are proving that that is no barrier to athleticism and enjoying an active life. So I'm talking to uh, Millie. Millie, thanks for taking some time to drop in onto the podcast. No problem. You're someone who has type 1 diabetes and you're a... Uh, a personal trainer in training, right? Yeah, in training. Yeah, I'm doing a master's at the moment, and I'm also doing a diploma alongside it. So I'm on yeah. my way there, but not not there just yet. <laughs> what exactly is your master's in? So my master's is in sport and exercise physiology. I did mm -hmm. a biology um, degree as a bachelor's, and then progressed on to physiology, um, and then my diploma is in personal training. Okay. We'll come back to that, I, I, I guess, in a second. Yeah. Um, let's talk very quickly about type 1 diabetes. You were diagnosed January last year, so 2021, right? Yeah, yeah. For anyone not listening, what exactly is type 1 diabetes? So type 1 is an autoimmune condition. So you, mm -hmm. the doctors haven't found a complete cause of it yet. So it's down to your genetics, like mostly genetics. Um, and... Basically, your own body kills your pancreas cells and your pancreas is what produces insulin, which breaks down carbs. So without insulin, without your pancreas, you can't break down those carbs. Um, so you end up eating food for no reason. It, it just you have no energy um, and a lot of things happen to your body. You go into an acidic state and you lose lots of weight. You taking a lot of water because your body's trying to flush out um, all the excess glucose in your system and mm -hmm. you just become very ill very quickly. Yeah, I think I, I, I looked on one of your very early posts. I think it might be in your first post yeah. on your Instagram channel where you said, you know, I'd, I'd lost two stone in two months yeah. whilst eating 3,000 calories Yeah, a day. it was absolutely crazy. I'd order takeaways and I'd be having the most calorific meals um, and I was losing two pounds a day. Um, it was that was the big thing that it, it is hard to see that something's wrong with you. Um, I knew mm. something wasn't right, but I never thought I had type one diabetes. Um, but it was when I started losing that rapid weight, and I was eating so much that I was like, something it just can't can't be right. Um, was that a sudden? Was that a sudden thing that that just sudden that, that came on out of nowhere? Like you, you said, you, you you had a sense that so, something wasn't right. Was it kind of like an escalation, and then suddenly the weight came? Yeah, yeah. So for 
in November, October, November time, I started to feel a bit off. I was living in my uni flat. Um, when I looked out the window, I could see, I could see what I could see. Like, it's not like I was going blind, but it was, I couldn't focus on anything. Um, so I could see houses, but if I tried to look at a particular house, I could, I just couldn't. It's so hard to explain. Um, so I knew something was a bit off. And then my water intake gradually started to increase. Um, so I was having two litres a day, which is normal. And then I'd have three, four, five, six. And then by the time I was having six litres, that's when my weight started to rapidly decrease. Um, so some of it was a slow like gradual um, onset, but then the weight and I started to get really dizzy really quickly. So some of it was really quick. And that's when I really needed to go to hospital. Does anyone in your family have anything? So, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because normally autoimmune conditions seem to run in family, but are quite often not the same one. I mean, do, do you know anyone else with type 1 diabetes? No one. No one in my family has diabetes, type 1 or 2. Um, I... I'm 21 and tw 21 isn't a typical diagnosis age. Um, normally it's for um, like below 10, early early childhood is when you're normally diagnosed with type one. Um, so mm -hmm. doctors have a speculation that there's been a, like a recent onset of type one in older people because of COVID, because obviously viruses can cause an attack of the immune system. Um, so yeah. the doctor literally said to me whilst I was lying in the bed, we don't know how you've got it. We don't know how to cure it. It was really strange. There was just, I, I was given basically no information on how it happened, when it happened, how to, like, there, there is no cure, obviously. So I was, I was so shocked and so confused. I mean, how did you feel? I mean, how did you feel when you couldn't focus? Um, that when that was happening, I thought it was anxiety because um, you do feel a rapid heartbeat because your your body is under so much stress because you you're breaking down your carbs into glucose, but that's just sitting in your body because it's not being used mm. up. So it goes round and round your bloodstream and it becomes really acidic. So you feel like you're on edge all the time. I, I felt really anxious. Um, I'd lie in bed and my heart would just beat so fast. So I, I thought it was anxiety because of my uni work. But then in December, I went home to see my mum and she seen I'd lost some weight and I was running to the toilet all the time. And that, that's when she said, I think, I think you need to go and get some bloods taken. Uh, if I didn't mm -hmm. go home, I don't think I would have noticed for a while. I just kept putting it down to different, because it could be so much. It, it could be down to so many things. So I never thought that, it was something that I needed to go and get checked out for, like medically. So when you get that diagnosis, how, what was your thought process then? Because I suppose you've gone from, why is all this happening to, oh, this is why it's happening. But equally at the same time, you're 20 years old and you suddenly get told that you've got this incurable autoimmune condition. Yeah, it was. It took a massive toll on me. Um, for the first two months, it's like you've been reborn. I, I I say, like, it's a completely different life. You have to relearn everything. You have to relearn how to walk, how to run, how to shower, how to how to eat. Like, every part of your day is retaught because 
everything affects your blood sugars and it's so scary um because I was fitted with something called a Libra which is a little device on my arm and mm. I can see a graph on my phone of what my blood sugars are doing and it was so scary because I could see it going up I could see it going down and I'd just sit there and I'd scan my arm over and over and over um to see what it was doing because I was so scared of it going low or high um because you can end up in really dangerous situations um yeah the doctors did say if, if if it was a couple more hours a couple more days it can lead to a, a coma you can go into a diabetic coma so knowing that as well it was just so so scary so with that then i suppose the the trick is trying to gain some confidence in reading your own body because you can't i assume you know after a time you can't you can't practically sit there and scan yourself all the time and uh, i suppose it's then a case of understanding how you feel and and kind of going all right actually these are warning signs or this is a trigger sign i i know that i need to to take action yeah definitely um your body reacts to having high sugars and low sugars differently so you can kind of then figure out oh i'm feeling this like for example when you're high I get really angry. <laughs> I know other people do too. Nice. I don't know why that happens, but you get like irritable. Um, you, I get really light sensitive. So if there's lights on in the room, it really affects me. And then with low, when I go, when I have low blood sugar, my, my hands shake a lot. I could become really confused and you can sort of feel your sugar's going up and down. It's just a matter of, as you say, getting comfortable with, um, those feelings and getting over the fact that Mm. um just because you're feeling those feelings doesn't mean you're gonna go back into hospital because that's what I thought I thought oh I'm I'm having low blood sugar send me to the hospital straight away (laughs) it's just so someone else could deal with it and not me because I didn't really understand it there at that point but yeah you 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 have to spend a lot of time getting to know your body and that's why I've become so obsessed with um my, my studying I'm studying all the time and it's all to do with my body because it's it's like a hobby that you have to take on you have no choice really these doctors say like just you've got it now so you have to learn it or if you don't you you just you can get in some bad situations so look when you were 17 and you were thinking about what university course to go to or what university to go to rather and and you picked biology why did you pick biology because obviously type 1 diabetes at that point not not oh, something on your mind at all. Yeah. Um, what what was what was the initial kind of? Hey, this this looks fun. So I did. I was always into sports. I played for Lancashire uh, Cricket Club, um, that for the girls' cricket, and I was playing football and batsman bowler. I was a wicketkeeper. <laughs> wicketkeeper. Oh, yep. The one thing I don't mention. Right, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was really into sports, and then I did a physiology course when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really into the body anyway and sports but I didn't want to go down the physiology route just yet because it was too narrow so I wanted to go into biology so I had like a broad spectrum once I got out of uni and then I just ended up going back into physiology I should have just stuck along uh, the physiology route in the end but I'm glad I did biology because it was so broad that I've got like a bit of a wider knowledge now Uh, but yeah Yeah. I, I was always into I was always into biology and physiology anyway, so. Saying, saying that you're into sports yeah, 
and then being into the gym in terms of a of a, of a kind of a PT style is is still quite different. Like I spent years and years and years, funnily enough, playing cricket. Um, yeah. Before I ever set foot in a gym. Yeah. So was was the gym always something that you'd done, or was that is, is that something that you've become more interested in as you've had to understand the body a little bit more? Because I, I only mentioned that because you mentioned in that first post that you were eating three thousand calories a day, and that's the kind of mentality of someone who goes to the gym to kind of know what they're eating and yeah. know kind of how that might affect them. Yeah, um, I started the gym when I was doing my A levels in yeah when I was about seventeen, eighteen, because I I just stopped sport. I wanted to focus on my studies more and the cricket was a lot because it was a lot of training so mm. I cut the sports side of it out and I still wanted to exercise so I started going to the gym so I'd, I'd stayed in the gym since I was 17. Now I saw something that I thought was quite interesting that was r- related to the gym because you talked about um, carbs and blood sugar and gym and worrying about you know you've got snacks on you in case you get a scary low what how how has that affected your training because there if there are people out there who've got type 1 diabetes and they they might be scared about training right because a lot of the gym is got to get protein right you got to, and and slow burning carbs and all that is such a big yeah. part of it but that must be something that's difficult to balance actually with looking after yourself from a from a from a type 1 diabetic point of view yeah so I'd, I'd, like obviously without type 1 diabetes you need to have carbs and fats and proteins for energy anyway and you can learn so in depth about that but then when you've got type 1 diabetes involved it's a it's you have to know every minute detail about what you're eating so when I look at a plate now of food it all I see is numbers I don't really eat I I can't just have a plate of food and just enjoy it anymore I have to think oh that's got so many carbs in that's got protein and fats um it's it's all broken down into into numbers so I do still enjoy food obviously but it's 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 so it's so hard to um and going to the gym was was so scary um I I started in April so I was diagnosed in January and I first went to the gyms when they opened um after Covid in April and just to avoid anything going wrong I take a massive bag of all the foods that I want um because I don't I don't want to force myself to eat a certain thing so I take loads of different snacks so it feels a bit more normal oh I do want to eat this I do want to eat that instead of I have to eat this um because you get these little sugar tablets and the chalky and I'm gonna be honest they're not nice that mm. I'm not gonna pretend that I like them but you have to have three to five to get yourself out of a, a low blood sugar event um and I just I just don't like them so I take orange juice and then I take some uh, you you have to have fast releasing carbs and slow releasing carbs so there's a, there's a lot to know but as long as you have everything with you at the time you can avoid anything going wrong it's only really if you have a low and there's no sugar around you or you have a high and there's no insulin around you that's when it gets a bit scary so to avoid that, I would just tell anyone to take a bag with them to the gym full of all the favourite snacks, a protein bar, some fruit juice or some other fast-releasing glucose, some water and their insulin and all the medical equipment too. Uh, that's what makes me feel it's the most just comfortable. Prep, it's preparation. Yeah, there's a lot of prep. There's a lot of prep going into it, yeah. Might be a weird question, but do you think you get more out of the gym now? Because I suppose 
Some people might go to the gym and they aimlessly kind of walk around and go, all right, well, I'll do this and I'll do that and whatever and I'll, you know, whereas I suppose you've got to be a little bit more structured. I feel so empowered when I walk out of the gym that I've done however long I've trained for. It's just everything's a win with diabetes. Once you've done something and you walk out of the gym and you know you've, you've trained right. And I know when I leave the gym that I can eat a bit more food with a bit less insulin um, mm. because basically when you when you exercise you burn off the sugars and you become what's called insulin sensitive for however many days it's dependent on on your own body but for me I can then walk out of the gym and have something a bit more carby a bit more um, hearty um, so yeah. I feel really liberated knowing that I've just done those exercises and I have this condition and I'm okay like I'm I'm safe and I'm I'm well and I'm healthy um so yeah. it feel it feels really good and that's why I do it all the time <laughs> and for anyone listening if you have a look at Millie's uh Instagram there are posts on there about you enjoying treats so you do yeah. enjoy food yeah 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 I do <laughs> but I totally understand where you're coming from um what does it mean to you to be healthy then I've been speaking about this a lot recently everyone around me must get so annoyed because all I talk about is type one and food and <laughs> so the something I've been talking about recently is like what is it to be healthy and I don't think it is physical health anymore it's healthy doesn't mean to look physically healthy or even feel physically healthy I think it's so much more than that um because just because I have a condition just because I am classed as having a disability I, I I am still healthy mentally physically it emotionally it it takes on a wide plethora of um factors and I just would like people to remove the stigma around conditions and disabilities and because you can still be healthy and you should still feel confident and comfortable no matter what condition you're diagnosed with because it can feel like a lot and it can take away some part of your identity and some part of your confidence um that it it shouldn't do it shouldn't take away that um and also to be healthy it doesn't mean eating raw vegan healthy foods all the time because sometimes it's it's healthy to allow yourself to enjoy food and that's why I'm learning at the moment is to not let diabetes dictate what I eat if I want Mm -hmm. a bit of bit more chocolatey food um pizza's a big one pizza's a big scary food for me um over the year I've been introducing new foods because when you go out of hospital your doctor says um cut your carbs down to this that and the other and for me, different hospitals have different ways of going about it. But for me, they gave me a booklet and some foods were good foods and some foods were bad foods. So I completely cut the bad foods out. And now I'm starting to realise that that is unhealthy, even though the doctors <laughs> think that the opposite. It is unhealthy to cut all them foods out for myself because those are the foods that I love. So I'm now reintroducing food slowly Um just to allow myself to have more enjoyment out of life and healthy isn't eating good foods and eating bad foods 
I suppose your exercise and the training gives you the control and the confidence to do that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I also noticed that you put that you were proud to be diabetic. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Why, why did Why did you choose that phrase in particular? Because some people, some people might go, "Oh, proud's proud's an odd choice of word, right?" Oh yeah, there was people who who said that um, because I had no choice over being diabetic. So the I had people saying, "Well, how can you be proud to be, have something that you didn't? You have no control over, and it's just a medical condition." But for me, it's shown me so much about my body that I never knew before. And it's given me so much purpose to life. I am so passionate about type 1 diabetes now. Because I now have the the contrast. Before I was 20, I didn't know about diabetes. I didn't know the, the difference between the different types. I'd learned about it in biology. But it wasn't that big of a deal to me, as, as awful as it sounds. Um, so when I was diagnosed... I give myself the reason to show people that it is a massive issue. It It's a big change in your life. Um, and I am proud to be diabetic because everything I do every day, how small or how big it is, is a win for me. If I can get out of the bed and I can go to the gym, that's a win. If I can deal with having high blood sugar all day and I feel ill and I'm in bed I'm still alive so that's a win so I'm proud to just be able to deal with everything behind closed doors even though I show it all on Instagram <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to have dealt with it for the past year and to have learned so much and I think it I think it has definitely made me a better person as cliche as it sounds I am so much more aware of different conditions and different um situations in life that I'm so much more open and empathic to different people so it's just made me like a more lovable person so yeah well look I really appreciate you giving up some time to have a chat this morning if someone is interested in finding out more or even getting in touch the best way is diabetes with Millie right on Instagram yeah probably. yeah, or yeah any other channels that you'd recommend um I've just started a TikTok it's it's something out of my depth because I'm not the best at making videos but I'm diabetes with Millie on all platforms anyway so if you type me in on whatever you'd like to watch then I'll, I'll probably be there but no, Instagram's the main like making videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I talk a lot on Instagram so if you want to head over to Instagram that's that's brilliant and thank amazing. you very well, much good. thank you very much for the podcast it's no, th amazing. thank you for giving up some time and good luck with the rest of your studies oh thank you thank you very much <laughs>